Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Dan McCollin live. Dan, how are you? Very good, Michael. Nice to be with you today. Uh, likewise, glad that you're here. You work for an organization, and correct me if I mispronounce this, Influitive. Influitive. And, and this organization, especially during a pandemic, uh, I, I anticipate it's been busier than normal. So tell us a little bit about the organization yourself and, and some of this awesome work that you do. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, so, you know, Influitive is... Uh, is an eight-year-old company. We're actually headquartered in Toronto, which I know you're at right now. Um, I'm in uh, I'm in my office in Massachusetts. the uh, The company was founded around this notion of customer advocacy, and it's really developed that market. I would say as as a pioneer, not so much in the B two C space, but in the B two B space. So a lot of our customers are large SaaS software companies. And there's really a lot of difference between what it means to be a customer advocate, say, for uh, Mountain Dew, um, or what it might be to be an advocate for, let's say, Salesforce or Oracle or IBM or, you know, some of our other uh, customers, Adobe. Um, so in those cases, there's, there's a lot more uh, complexity around what are the kinds of things you want your customers to do. And so what Influtive built was what I would just, I'd largely describe it as a human engagement platform. We took techniques out of the gaming industry, uh, point systems, um, badges, rewards, and built those on top of what amounts to be a community platform. And really the idea is uh, being able to reward your customers for doing the things that you want them to do and you need them to do to be successful. And so some of those things that you want them to do are be advocates and write a post for you or give you a referral, uh, act as a reference on your behalf. But overall, we've developed a lot of techniques on how to engage people. And so if you think about a physical event, we've been using this, our, our, our product, for quite some time with some of our larger customers, where you can take a, a group of folks, you can bring them into this environment, and you can incentivize them ahead of, say, a physical event to uh, give you feedback on what they want to hear while they're there or sign up for sessions, learn more, learn more about speakers, and get rewarded ahead of the time, kind of build some energy and some buzz then, you know, at the event, you can, you can use the platform for, you know, kind of one-off things. And then post-event, you can keep the conversation going. And so what we did in, in the COVID crisis, uh, our customers very early on, almost, I, I'm going to say in the March timeframe, they were already canceling events. And they were coming to us and saying, what can you do for us? Um, you know, we've, we've talked about either using you physically or we use you physically. How do you help us with a virtual event? And so we launched something that we call our virtual event hub. And it's really taking a page out of what we're doing in the physical world, but then bringing it now to a live event. And so we've had to make changes in our product to bring video in and other things that weren't there before. But the concepts are very similar, which is engage people ahead, during, and after. Um, and then hopefully, especially if they're customers as opposed to somebody who's net new working with us, they can tie that back into their overall customer marketing program, which you know for the most part is built around this notion of customer advocacy. No, it's a great thing that your customers came to you and said, okay, what can you do to help us? Because again, at that time, I remember March, it was an absolute just zoo for a lot of organizations, yeah. every sector, 
all over the world trying to figure out, okay, we're basically getting the orders to shut everything down right now. And right. no plans of how in the world do we do this. And from an event planner standpoint, you're going, wait a minute, we're supposed to have an event in July and we usually bring in about 1,500 people and that's a revenue base for that organization of whatever it is. Right. And many organizations, and I used to work for an association many years ago, and the annual event, I, it paid the bills. Let's, let's put it that way. It, it covered things. So you drop that grenade into your budget. Uh, needless to say, uh, the accountants are scratching their heads and pulling out their hair if they have any and say, okay, now what do we do about this? So the fact that you, know, you had some really forward-thinking individuals saying, what can we do about this and how you were able to pivot quickly to have yeah. this new system uh, speaks volumes to. Uh, well, yeah. What we did, Michael, was uh, we did a couple of things. I mean, one, I, I just, it's funny, you reminded me of like, this was March. It seems like a year ago, but it wasn't that long ago. But, but having them come and talk to us made us think about our own event. We have a uh, something called Influitive Live coming up in, in August. And we literally were scratching our heads going, well, we're still going to have that. <laughs> it's still going to be a live event. We'll bring people in. And it very quickly became apparent that was going to be a virtual event as well. Um, I don't even think I can fly up uh, to Toronto for that event. Uh, I don't think the airlines will be, will be flying on August 5th. So, um, so that was like a little bit of a shocker of how fast things progressed. What we said uh, was for our customers, you know, we sell a software package. We just basically said, look, anybody that wants to use this for an event, it's just free to you if you're a customer. And then we offered them consulting services where the goal was take your physical event and turn it into a, a virtual event in as little as two weeks. And, and that's where I think people were really appreciative, which is how do they... How, you know, they, they need to, they were scrambling. Now, as time's gone on, people have had more time to evaluate options and look at things. And, and so it's not as helter skelter, I think, for a lot of folks. Um, what we've seen is that the attendance is actually through the roof on these virtual events, but it's not necessarily as deep. So like when you go to a physical event, um, you're, you know, you're kind of immersed, right? Even if it's a day long event or even a half day, you're there, you're doing as much as you can. Um, in these, in these virtual events, many of them are recorded or you can watch them later. So you get, I think more people attending, but they're just attending kind of what they want to do. And I, and I believe that it'll be interesting to see, you know, customer marketing and marketing departments kind of pull this all together, which says, which is actually more effective. Forget about the revenue loss or, or anything else you know, which is more effective. What I do think will happen though, is that we're always going to have virtual and physical events together. Um, it's just too risky, right? To, to not do it. And beyond that, there's amazing results that are being produced, you know, five, six X attendance um, at an event. Now, some of that, a lot of these people just dropped their fee, right? Where they, they might've had a, a fee and, you know, that would have gone to the, the event and the facilities and all that. They just said, well, if it's virtual, it's relatively cheap for us. Um, you know, we'll, we'll open it up and make it free. And so obviously there's price sensitivity around going to events. You know, some of these things cost thousands of dollars. And, and so if you can attend for free, the, the bar just went way down. So overall, though, I think, I think that the virtual event world is here to stay. I completely agree with that. And when I talk to event planners, you know, that have virtualized, you know, I, I told them, look, don't, walk away from the virtual side of things once things open up again and we're allowed to go out and play in, in large groups because you have now created 
an additional business model for you. Yep. So if you have an event and it's at any wherever in the world, you know, at, you know, in Boston, New York, wherever, there is a capacity of the number of people that you can have in that room. That's right. With the virtual side of things, depending on what you pay for, there's no real limit on it. So what happens is you create this opportunity where, yes, you're going to have the people that want to be there in person. And I love going to events. I love speaking at events. So I, I love the networking component yeah. of it. But there may be some scheduling conflicts for people where they would go and be able to make one of the days or two of the days, but not the entire week, for example. That's right. There you go. They can register for it virtually, attend the sessions they need to attend, and then step back out. They're still getting value, and hopefully they will have it where they will pay, obviously, a lesser fee because you're not paying for the extra seed or the stale bagels or anything else at the conference center. (laughs) But – and I say that tongue in cheek because they're always stale. It's like what are these? Yeah. last week's bagels, yeah, or yeah. last month's bagels. I'm not quite sure, but, uh, <laughs> but it, yeah, definitely not today. Yeah, but at, at the end of the day, it's actually created a new business model for a lot of these organizations. On top of they've once they figure out, you know, okay, we can do this. We like this virtual stuff. They can start offering more sessions throughout the year instead of having that big one-time event things you know we can do this three or four times a year that's right three, three of them be virtual only bring in a few people get in you know charge 199 or 399 or something like that instead of the normal 1500 right and then do the 1500 for the the big event and maybe a little bit less if it's just virtual all of a sudden their revenue has increased they're creating more content and their membership is getting more value than they were before and it gives them flexibility so any, any event planner that's watching this figure it out. And if you don't, well, you know, shameless plug, you can get one in a couple of weeks, according to what <laughs> our, my, my, my valued guest has said to me today. So, um, yeah, yes, you can, you can absolutely that's, reach out. That's, that's, that's a free, that's a free ad won't charge you. Um, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer in this because events, you know, people love going to events. And I think that's a big thing where a lot of people are missing out on them. And you've seen the evidence already that you'd mentioned a few minutes ago, where you're seeing the attendance numbers, much higher than before because people are like wanting to consume some things and and they can do it in such a way where it, it's not a full day event because you know that's the one big challenge and I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on this is being in an event all day you know there you get up you stretch and move around you know being on a zoom call all day is a completely different yeah. model so it's in, it'd be interesting to see how your clients have kind of pivoted around that and as far as structuring their content well, yeah, and I think I think the thing that I've noticed, and so this is just kind of at a personal level, I've been able to attend a lot more events just because I don't have to be physically there. And you know, for me to take two days out to go to some conference somewhere, I'd love to be. I'd love to be able to do it. I just don't. I don't have that time and and that luxury. So, I, but now that many of those same things have gone virtual, I've been able to attend a lot of them. And I, I would say, you know, a couple of things. One is, I think everybody is struggling right now with how do you capture the energy and the kind of, uh, you know, that human interaction that you get at a physical event, they all feel a little flat to me. Um, and so I think that's, that's one of now, if you're there to, to consume information that's valuable to you, you know, a lot of the events that, that our customers are talking about it are their customer events or their partner events, things that are, it's not just a trade show of a million vendors. It's, it's, you know, their customers and, how do they bring them in? Well, they, they have to educate them. They're doing things. They're making product announcements. All of that works really well. But what you're missing is that kind of energy and buzz 
Um, and so I think that's where this industry will mature, you know, at some level over the next few years, which is how do you bring in the virtual folks in a way that's much more interactive than it is today? And, and, and this just doesn't mean Zoom and video like this, because that works at two, maybe to 20, 30 people, maybe even 100. But when you get to like a thousand people, you can't have a, a visual of every person. Um, plus, they can't all talk at once. So it's always a one way kind of conversation. So I, I think those are where uh, the industry, I have our team thinking about it for our event that's coming up in, in um, uh, I call them Fluid of Live in, in August. Um, it's literally um, how do we turn this thing into something that's as engaging as the kinds of things like, is there fun in it? Is there any chance to have fun? <laughs> and, or is it just a talking head? So that's, that's where I think the challenges are going to be. But I completely 100% agree with you. Like if you're not doing virtual events going forward, um, you're missing an opportunity on a whole bunch of different dimensions. Yeah, I know. I've seen Zoom happy hours and things like that. It's, you know, and it's a little bit different, but, you know, they, they still, you know, they're, they're trying. And, and I think the thing is, I think one of the things I've noticed uh, with a lot of people, especially in the business side of things, not so much when you're at a grocery store where people are a little bit rude and short because they're upset about the pandemic and everything else. <laughs> but, but I find in this world where people are attending events and they're doing virtual things is there's this deep understanding of, hey, we are all trying to figure this thing out right now. Yeah. We are all yeah. brand new. This is the first day of kindergarten for everybody. We're yeah. all lo same level and we laugh at it and go, well, that didn't work. And, that didn't work. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, my, my microphone, you know, today is working great. Yesterday I was on a TV interview in DC and it was like nothing. So I had to grab my, my, you know, normal iPhone headphones and plug it into the laptop. It's like, okay, let's go old school here. And it worked. And it's like, I don't know what's going on with this thing. And kick, today, save, kick save and a beauty. <laughs> exactly. Pretty much. Exactly. You know, it's like, it, it just works out well. But at the end of the day, I, I think that everyone understands that this is still quite frankly, pioneer days yeah. for some of this. And you know, we'll look back at this in a year or two and we'll go, wow, it was funny how when we started, we were doing this, but now we've had this setup and this setup. But you know, I agree with you. Any organization that puts on an event, virtual has to be something that you offer because we've gone from people not really wanting to consider it or they're like, yeah, maybe I'll check in for a couple of minutes to the point where I think many people are going to say, no, I want the virtual option. Yeah. Because they may not want to travel as much or not comfortable with traveling as much or who knows what the situation would be for me. Because I speak, you know, I'm, I'm used to traveling. You know, I, I saw my luggage yesterday and I was like, oh, buddy, I miss you. How are you? <laughs> you know, not really. But yeah, I, I mean, literally, I look at it. And it, 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 it I, I know this sounds funny, but it kind of looks sad. It was like, <laughs> I was disappointed. It was the weirdest thing. And I'm like, I'll, I'll, we'll see you again one day. But right now, you're going back. It just feels like a lot longer ago the last time you used it than it than it actually is. It's just like this, these months have really, yeah. I mean, they, yeah. they go fast, but they drag, you know, like yeah. it's, it feels like ages since we, we were a normal uh, group of folks working out of an office or doing the kinds of things that we all learned either as marketers or whatever to do. And so, yeah, you're right. We're all in it together. And, and people are, you're right. It's very, it's very good point you made. People are very accommodating to mistakes in this world because they know it's new. You're breaking new ground. And, and I hope that that continues as we continue to break new ground because I, I think there's still going to be a lot of new 
adventures and ways to do things and, and make events dynamic. I, I, you know, I trust that there's going to be some event somewhere. I'm not sure who, but it'll probably be one of the more creative ones that will come up with something and it'll catch on and people will say, okay, that's, that's the winner we want to have for our, our events going forward, which is, that's great. You know, and, and I think that's, it, because we all have this playground that we can mess around with now and the freedom to say, you know, yeah, we're going to probably screw some things up. All right. Well, okay. You know, click on, click on this zoom link instead, you know, it, it, we're all, we're all fumbling around with it, but we're, we're at least we're having fun and we're engaging with people and all that. So, yeah. so if you're, so if you're an event planner and you're really struggling to try to figure out, okay, how in the world can we actually do this um, without giving away the kernel secret recipe? What are, what are some things that they can start thinking about preparing so they can actually have a successful virtualized event? Yeah, I think, well, I, I think probably anybody that's, that's even doing something this year is, is already thinking about those things. And, you know, I, I think it starts with looking at what are the real differences between physical and virtual and where, where are you going to have strengths and then where are you going to have weaknesses? And, and so, um, and not trying, it's, it's impossible to recreate a physical event virtually. Like, let's just start, start with that. So, you know, there's, there's folks that have, you know, software that does kind of like a virtual um, conference center. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's visually appealing, but in practice, practical speaking, what is the interactivity there? And, and, you know, is there a buzz there? How do you, how do you bring people together? I think is the real thing as opposed to just this talking head going out and then maybe, maybe a chat box that's going. Now there is some of that in a physical event. Like you kind of wonder sometimes when you see the, the tweet, you know, the tweet storms at a, at a uh, conference where somebody's doing a keynote and it's just the Twitter verse is going crazy. And, you know, there's, there is an element of that. But then what do you do with that information afterwards? How do you spit that back out? Um, I do think that, you know, most people uh, at physical events have always cataloged their videos and put them up. But then what's the structure around it? Are you going to have this as a virtual event? You know, if you if you've put on a virtual event, there's no reason you can't just replay the whole virtual event. And so, you know, some of the things people are doing, which is quite effective, is they're just not even trying to do something live because you could, it's prone to errors, as you described, but they're recording things ahead of time. But then they'll have the, the people that were the speakers live and available to answer questions and do things like that. Um, you know, you want to think about, uh, are you going to allow people to, to use their video at all if they want to ask a question? You know, in an audience, somebody goes over and hands you a microphone. Everybody knows who did it. Well, some of those people don't turn on their camera. So what's the value of that? Do you want it typed? Do you want it in, in voice? And I think all of those things, you kind of have to have a theory on how you're going to do it because it's, you don't want to get there that day and, and then decide that you really wish you had had some, some other voices in the room other than, say, like a talking head. You know, dry runs, really, really important, right? Go, go take your company, half your company, have them attend a dry run. So, and these are things that you don't really do. Like you do them in microcosms around a big event uh, or a physical event. You know, you rehearse a session, but you don't rehearse the whole thing. So I think those are the kinds of things that, that uh, event planners need to think about. And, you know, again, I just go back to how can you make it, the, the thing that I, the biggest critique, and it's not, you know, we're, we're, we're nothing that we do is, is solving this problem, um, you know, directly. How do you get more interactivity? And from a technology stack, I think the one thing that, that, that I do think will happen in the, 
in the future here is there's so many pieces of software. Just take, you know, we're on Zoom right now, but there's tons of video platforms. There's tons of chat platforms. How do they all integrate into your software? Because if anybody's expecting one vendor to come up with the answer, it's, it's unrealistic. You know, so for our part, what we do is a great job of engaging you ahead of the event and we engage you after the event. We keep conversations going. We gamify the whole experience. That's a great base um, to think about an event. But then at the actual event, how you kind of get a buzz going? What are the things that you're going um, to do to kind of spark the energy that you lose when, you're, when you go virtual? And, and so that, that's the kind of thing I would encourage people to think about. And, and you know, as marketeers, um, that's what they should be good at is, is, is you know, being creative. No, those are great advice tips, and I, I really hope that any event planner out there that is looking at you know towards the tail end of 2020 or even 2021, and yeah. they're not certain about if their event's going to be live or virtual or a hybrid thereof, is you know, get ahead of it and use some of the tips that we talked about today. So, Dan, I've loved our conversation. Where can people find out more about you and this awesome work that you're doing? Yeah, it's so really simple. We're just influitive.com. Real easy to find, real easy to navigate. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about, uh, you know, advocacy and advocacy marketing, but really this is a human engagement platform. And so one of our use cases is a uh, virtual event hub and, and uh, easy to find, easy to sign up for a demo and easy to talk to us. That's awesome. And I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So Dan, appreciate you and the awesome work you're doing. You're making events continue. And I think that's what's really crucial right now in this time of, of need and, and people kind of fumbling around is you know, events are still happening uh, because of you know, people like you in the world that are creating this opportunity for events to, to shine. So thank you very much for your time. Thanks for having me on. Very, very nice talking with you. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of The Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.